Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing fighting back against gas price insanity. So just before we hit record, we're joking about mustaches and <laughs> how neither of us can grow mustaches. But do you have a, uh, not a mustache trimmer, but an eyebrow trimmer? Because I was looking in, looking in the mirror the other day and I realized that like I've got a few eyebrows, <laughs> a few eyebrow hairs that are like hanging down. It's middle age, dude. I was just thinking. Middle age. Yesterday. When you're looking in the mirror trying to figure out how you're going to trim your eyebrow hairs. I know. I know. No, I was just thinking <laughs> that yesterday as I looked in the mirror and I was like, when is, I have a white hair growing out of the top of my ear. <laughs> and I really think that's like, yeah, that's middle age. That's when you know you're middle age, when you have hairs growing out of places you didn't know they grew. If it's growing out the top of your ear, that's one. As long as you don't have like a tuft of hair like right. growing out <laughs> of your ear. Like no, a, it's not that bad. Like the end of a 
shuck of corn or something like that. <laughs> Give it a decade. I'm sure I'll be there at that point. Uh, you've got a note here about some Aldi chair. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your story so, today? So this was something I, I thought, I, I learned a lesson from this the other day when I was in Aldi, and I thought maybe everybody out there would stand to benefit from it. Basically, uh, not, not too long ago, uh, after we finished off our screen porch on our house, we got a couple new outdoor chairs. We got these like kind of cool egg-looking chairs. And, oh, yeah, you're, uh, uh, you're hanging, they're like hanging wicker basket chairs yeah well basically. actually they're not hanging they they sit on the ground but I, they've seen the ones that hang too the old mid, but, mid-century well, look, they're but suspended though right they're i mean they're, they're, they're not they're on actually. a stand are no. they not no. no well you tricked me <laughs> well some of them do come like that right but this one does not and uh this one was like a, a walmart find for i want to say we spent like 215 dollars per chair or something like that right okay and then i was in aldi the other day oh, and they had of course the exact same chair, basically. I, I don't even know if it was the exact same brand, but it looked the, like the exact same chair. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I'm about ready to facepalm because I guarantee you the Aldi price uh, beats the, the Walmart price by 10 or 15%. But I went up and I looked at the price tag and no, it did not. What was the uh, Aldi chair? It was $449. What? So basically double no the price that I paid. Yes. That's pretty crazy. I'm actually, I cannot believe that Aldi would is able to, are they allowed to sell something that's that expensive? <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't think I've seen anything that expensive. Even like sometimes they'll, they'll sell like weight sets, like a Olympic bar with like the bench and all uh-huh. the weights and stuff like that. I, I'm trying to think what else I've seen there that, that might be bigger and more expensive, but literally nothing I think at that price you point. have named the most expensive item I've ever heard of yeah. at, uh, at an Aldi. I think so too. I haven't seen anything at Aldi that costs that Over much. Over 400 bucks. Wow. I, I just think the the lesson I learned from that was that even at a, a, a retailer you trust that typically has ridiculously low prices, like Aldi, like we talk about Aldi frequently, and you know we talked about my dollar ten gallon of milk, it's still a dollar ten at our local Aldi, mm. which is impressive. But that doesn't mean that everything that Aldi sells or that any retailer you like sells has the lowest price. And so comparing prices uh, before just assuming that a retailer is going to be you know obviously clearly have the best price like no no no. even still slow your roll yeah uh, even a place like aldi it, it doesn't necessarily have the corner on low prices and you might find it cheaper somewhere else you might find it cheaper used even but like um yeah it's just one of those things i was like whoa 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 i didn't think it was going to be twice as much i actually thought it was going to be cheaper because of yeah. aldi's reputation but in reality it wasn't are you, are you sure they weren't just selling all the rest of them that they had for over 400 dollars? like maybe they had five of them they're like hey you can buy them all for 400 bucks <laughs> maybe no it looked like it was four. 50 per individual yeah, chair. I'm sure it was for each one. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm glad that you still are happy with your Walmart. Yeah. Uh, Walmart finding. They're great. They're great. So, um, yeah, word of the wise, Aldi's great, but not always the cheapest. So, um, yeah, comparison shopping is still, in order. Still love Aldi, though. Glad it worked out for you this time, man. Let's introduce the beer that we are going to enjoy during this episode. This one is a really big bird. This one is by Trillium Brewing, sent to us by listener Sean. Thank you so much for sending this one, plus another one that we're going to enjoy next week on the show. But we will share our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. For sure. Yeah, Trillium, one of the great American breweries, and we're excited about this one. So thank you, Sean. And uh, But Matt, let's get into it. Let's start talking about gas prices. And we are talking about fighting back against gas price insanity, because as anyone who has two eyes <laughs> can tell gas prices are insane right now and it just made me think like uh, what else is just ubiquitous right and like summer vacation summer break is kind of ubiquitous right like universal yeah truth anyone it's who has kids experience is real like, oh man i gotta start planning i gotta start thinking about 
how I keep my kids busy, how I keep them entertained uh, well, during, even during if, the summer months. Even if you don't have kids, just when you think about summer, you're thinking about going to the beach, taking, you're a, trip about taking a trip with some friends, uh, something where you are getting away from the house. Right. A lot of so, folks have been doing that this year. So some sort of summer break basically impacts everyone. Well, so does the price of gasoline, right? And, yeah. and, and it's increasing at a rate that's previously unseen, like uh, at a rapid clip. And so, you know, even uh, you Tesla drivers, you're not necessarily completely immune from the reach of $5 a gallon gas, although EV drivers are insulated, obviously, in a much bigger way from mm-hmm. these price hikes. I'm sure, you know, there's a, a palpable <laughs> sense of relief every time someone with an EV plugs in. They're like, ah, I don't even have to pay attention to the AAA gas price meter because it's basically like pop. It's like a thermometer where the mercury level has risen and it's basically <laughs> like popping through the top, right? Um, but we're we're going to talk today about you know why gas prices are unrelenting right now, you know where they might be headed, and the things that you can do in an environment of extreme pain at the pump today on the show. Yeah, and actually, uh, so this is kind of crazy, but more people, they've been stranded uh, on the side of the road, and they've been calling AAA to help them because they've run out of gas. Uh, <laughs> they do not have gas in their tank. Folks are that scared to go to the gas station. More, <laughs> more folks than ever are filling their tanks up partially uh, as compared to just topping, you know, doing the full fill, which I totally get. Reminds me of those memes where it's like, men will literally do this or that instead of going to therapy. <laughs> it's like, Americans will literally rather run out of gas and be stranded on the side of the road than go to the gas station. Exactly. Yeah. The average price of a gallon of gas across the nation crossed over the $5 a gallon threshold as of a couple weeks ago. Uh, and that's not even the highest it's ever been if you adjust for inflation. The average price of a gallon of gas would actually have to touch $5.44 in order to repeat what we experienced back in 2008. Uh, But there's a real chance that we do hit that depressing mark sometime this summer. Uh, We will see what happens. But the reality is that gas prices are are clearly on the minds of most Americans right now because because every time you fill up, you know, your, your eyes are popping out of your head as you're seeing the, the final sale get closer and closer to $100. And honestly... Some people th- are over that, I'm sure. F- yeah, I guess folks are over that because, I mean, you know, it's gas is more affordable down here in the southeast. And yeah. so I, I'm sure everybody who's listening who does not live near us are like, oh, yeah, we uh, we crossed over that $100 right. fill up threshold If you drive an F-350 ago. in California, you might oh, be pushing four gosh. digits. I don't know. I could not imagine. Uh, but yeah, we figured it's time to release release a full episode that's going to be wholly dedicated to discussing gas prices and what it is that you can do about them. That's right. And so, uh, you know, one question that might come up is, well, why is this happening? And the truth is that a smorgasbord of issues is is really causing oil prices to rise quickly, which equates to higher prices at the pump. And there's just not enough drilling taking place uh, by some of the major companies who typically, as gas prices uh, are rising, you would find them increasing production. Um, To top that, on top of that, the war in Ukraine has taken a lot of Russian oil off the market, which has just really compounded some of the problems in the market uh, when it comes to supply and demand. And uh, some of the uh, some of the other things I've read, Matt, the the easing lockdowns in China are just causing more people more worldwide demand for for gas. And so it's yeah, not. They it's went not, two months without being able to drive anywhere. That's right. Which kind of <laughs> basically insulated us from a little bit of the shock, and now they're back on the roads, uh-huh. and so we're all feeling it. And, and there's this like cascading effect. Uh, when it comes to higher gas prices, right? Because uh, this is uh, particularly difficult for folks at the bottom of the income spectrum who are spending more than 8% of their after-tax income 
on gas right now. That is really, really painful. It's it's not just that it costs more to fill up your your truck, your sedan, or your minivan too, right? Because um, or your motorcycle or your mo- motorcycle your hog. That's right. Uh, it it's really extends to so many other things besides just you at the pump because airfare has gone up in a big way. Thanks in part to increased demand, more people traveling, but also mm-hmm. because of soaring jet fuel prices and then small businesses they're feeling the impact of higher gas prices, which leads to under understandable price increases uh, that they have to pass on to their customers. You know, some some are being pressed harder, right? Some This impacts some small businesses more than it does others. So for instance, like lawn care companies, they're jacking up their rates on average in the like 22% range. And so yeah, when your business revolves around fossil fuels, not only to get to your customer, but then also in, uh, you know, the, the lawnmowers and stuff that you use to then tend the lawns, I mean, you can't just absorb the higher price of fuel forever, that has to basically be passed on in the form of higher costs. And so we're all feeling it, not just at the pump, but in other places too. It's it's influencing kind of what we're seeing overall with inflation, like we talked about recently. Yeah, I got to think that no no other small business is probably feeling it as much as like small lawn care businesses that drive around (laughs) in order to get, get from house to house. And then all the work they do is purely dependent upon small engines that run on gasoline. Like literally, I think the only thing that would be more affected is if you were like, a traveling gasoline salesman, <laughs> right? It's like, Do okay, those exist? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's a hypothetical, right? Uh, and that is the only thing I think that would be more difficult to sustain <laughs> during these difficult times. Maybe NASCAR drivers are feeling it too. I don't know. Maybe their sponsors. <laughs> they got that. They got that. that tied money. <laughs> uh, but we do have maybe a small glimmer of hope. Uh, fortunately, for some of those small business owners, the IRS—they're actually stepping in with a rare mid-year change to the mileage rate. So as of July 1st, the rate's going to be 62.5 cents per mile. Uh, so, you know, that means there'll be at least some tax relief for businesses that drive quite a bit. That's a small silver lining to an incredibly dark storm cloud, I know. And if you just heard me say mileage rate and you're saying to yourself, I don't like, what is that? I do not know what that is. Uh, for most folks, you probably don't have to worry about this. But if you are a small business owner, this is the rate that the IRS uses to determine how uh, the amount of expenses that you can deduct from your uh, from your taxes. Yeah. Um, for, for every mile that you drive your car. Thus, the mileage rate. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. So for instance, back when I was a photographer, at the end of the month, I would total up literally all the miles driven because when you travel to different shoots, it was, it was easy for me to determine, okay, this month we went to Athens, Greenville, uh, some town in Alabama, <laughs> Nashville. Talladega. Or, I guess we never went to Nashville, but... Uh, Chattanooga, that's, that's the city I was trying to think uh-huh. of. But either way, you, you tally all that up and you're able to reduce your tax liability. It can be an easier way to track your expenses associated with your, you know using your personal car for business rather than keeping up with all the individual expenses. Yeah, for sure. So that's that's at least you know some a sliver of good news when it comes to taxation for small businesses and how much they're driving. But let's, let's quickly too, Matt, before we're going to get into a lot of practical things in this episode, uh, a, a lot of little things that you can do to kind of roll back gas prices in your own life. And then later in the episode, we're also going to talk about, sorry, I think that was roll just back. the Walmart line. Was, was, uh, yeah. that, was that true? Uh, <laughs> like a little Walmart Easter egg. Not intentional. But speaking of egg chairs. Sorry about that. It's coming full circle. <laughs> uh, but later in the episode too, we're going to talk about what whether or not you should ditch your current car if it is kind of a gas hog, right? And you want to turn it, trade it in for a fuel sipper, kind of like, you know, you reference Dumb and Dumber, Matt, when he <laughs> when he trades in the, the, uh, the van for the, the scooter that gets like, 
100 miles to the gallon or whatever. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that more and more people are considering. We'll talk about maybe the dynamics of that choice in a little bit too. But, you know, rising energy prices, they, they might make you kind of want to abandon fossil fuels altogether, which I get. Like, it's frustrating. Uh, it's a frustrating environment to live in right now. And, and But throwing in the towel on your gas-guzzling automobile, trading it in for, let's say, an electric vehicle because the paint is just too great. You know, uh, it can feel like the right thing to do. But I guess the question is, is that a good idea? And that just really depends on a number of factors, like, like I said, that we're going to get to. But it's important to note that even though gas prices are through the roof and, and energy prices in general are kind of tough to stomach right now, fossil fuels still have done a lot of good for us mm-hmm. as a species. And you know, I, I'm glad that there's like a, a legitimate focus on solar and wind power. I hope that continues. Like I have looked into getting solar panels on the roof of my new house. Any any progress there? No. Well, I, I, I the quote um, came back higher than I hoped it would. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be a little less. But still, I see that as something that I'm interested in doing in the future. And it does seem like there's a renewed focus on nuclear power as a cheap uh, source of energy going forward, which I think is a great thing. And I think it's something that we have not talked about enough in recent decades. But uh, fossil fuels really have helped create a more livable world for all of us. And so sometimes they get uh, the, the brunt of our anger, especially, yeah. you know, in a time when energy prices are painful. But really, when you think about where we'd be without fossil fuels in a lot of ways, um, we'd probably still be living in huts, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree. We, we are much better off because of the discovery of, of oil and what it is that we can do with oil. I mean, like literally all plastics are made from from oil, from crude, crude oil and like a lot of fabrics as well. Like, I mean, obviously, Cotton is nice. We both have on cotton t-shirts, I guess, right now. But like uh, polyester, nylon, spandex, these are all fabrics that are made from You oil. love spandex, too. <laughs> as I get older, as I have uh, more eyebrow trimming that needs to be done, I seem That's to right. be drawn to the spandex. I know, it's weird. And so, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not like a, like an, this episode brought to you by ExxonMobil. <laughs> no, like that is not what we're doing here. We're not trying to be apologists for oil, but it is worth mentioning the progress that, that it has brought us. Uh, I do think we probably need to consume less, right? Like we have all of, the, all of these nice things and are we saying that like, cool, we've got all these things, let's do as much of it as we possibly can? No. And I think that's oftentimes where it comes down to us as individuals to n- not only save money by trying to save less, but thinking about the other additional impacts that it has on our planet as well. Uh, but I mean, yeah, hopefully fossil fuels do eventually become a relic of history, right? Kind of like uh, the dinosaurs. Yeah, but it, like it's going to take a long time for that to happen. So while this is it's not, you know, this isn't necessarily balm for the wound of your higher gas bills right now, but taking a step back to, to realize just how incredible it is that most of us can still fill up our cars and get where we need to. That's still kind of an amazing thing from a historical perspective. But en- enough about the past, enough about the future. Let's talk about what you can do in the present to save money. Uh, there's there's nothing that you can do to lower the price at the pump, but that doesn't mean you don't have other options in order to save. Uh, and we'll actually discuss all of those different options right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? 
AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes, those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house. Or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. 
All right, Matt, we are back from the break. Let's keep talking about gas prices. And Gasoline. So uh, I guess like one thing that people could do is take big barrels and stick them in their trunk and fill up at today's gasoline prices and, and, and store them maybe in their garage. Yeah, oh, hoping yeah. that as gasoline prices rise, they make out like a bandit. That is that is not one of our tips. Put it in grocery bags <laughs> or trash bags in the back of your... <laughs> we think we t- did we talk about that? There I was like a did. video or something. Was that last year? I think so. Yeah. And it was yeah pretty rough to watch. No, do not do that. That's like a, a hazard uh, to your wallet and to like I don't know your your life so mm-hmm. yeah don't start stocking up and keeping it on hand at home but you know gas prices they're clearly now becoming a bigger line item in, in basically all of our budgets and that means that people are either choosing to not change their habits and they're just spending more of their disposable income on the cost of transportation you know potentially even you know, spending their way into death or the other option really is that folks are cutting back on their driving in order to try to keep that in line in their budget to try to hold fast um, you know some folks are having to cut back in in other places right you might be delaying a major purchase or changing summer plans to compensate for this meteoric rise that we're seeing in gas prices happening just all around us and then uh, Matt, there was a so like, stat maybe we won't do the cross-country drive <laughs> right <laughs> that, that takes two and a half weeks let's just go visit grandma like uh, 30 minutes away <laughs> instead and so yeah people are having to make those legit hard trade-offs and there was a stat i saw a 10 percent rise in gas prices it usually leads to declines in usage of around two to three percent and so most people are having to absorb like yeah they're changing the way they drive a little bit but it's not it's still impacting them negatively because they're spending more money overall on gas. And so we would say something's got to give somewhere, right? So we wanted to mention some practical ways to curb gas usage in your life. We've got like a big list. So let's start going through it. Yeah, this is sort of like a game plan. And we're going to kind of run through these from easiest to hardest. And it's worth mentioning that the easiest ways probably aren't going to save you the most money. Right. (laughs) But they're also things that everybody can do. And it's not going to require you to completely change the way that you live. So the first thing we wanted to recommend is for you to to use the right apps. Everybody no, I mean, I think everybody out there knows about the Gas Buddy app. If you don't, head to gasbuddy.com. But the gap in prices between gas stations can be abnormally large, uh, especially as prices are rising quickly. Uh, So actually using the app can save you quite a bit. Uh, we're, We're still not in favor of you driving across town. Uh, where you would waste time and gas in order to to save a few cents. But if you can plan your Phillips a bit more strategically, it's going to help you to tamp down the rise of gas prices in your life. And there's a big difference, too, between uh, knowing that this app exists and actually using it. I feel like I'm oftentimes maybe the worst culprit at knowing something exists and having a head knowledge of something uh, versus remembering it in the moment. And so, like, the most recent example of this, we're driving back from the beach a few weeks ago. And from the interstate, I'm looking, you know, I'm watching the, the, the price of gas up on the big signs that you can see. And I'm kind of like, all right, well, th- you know, this one's a little bit less affordable. Oh, this one's a little bit better up here. And then I realized, oh. Like the Gas Buddy app, <laughs> so I had Kate pull it up on the you know on the phone, and we happened to be driving through Augusta, Georgia at that point, and there's a Costco there just off of the interstate. Boom! How much did it save you? Boom! Thirty cents a gallon. Wow! I think it was actually a little over thirty cents a gallon. Granted, you do the math on that on a twenty gallon tank, you're still only like we're only really talking about six, seven bucks. But even still, all of those fill ups add up. That's right. 
And that's money I'd rather uh, put towards an expensive egg chair from Walmart <laughs> <laughs> than just you know get, sending it to the to, to big oil, basically. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and that's one of those things where, yeah, just uh, flipping that up, saving six or seven bucks if it's still on your route. But remembering to do that, I think, is, is the big thing. Because, right. like, again, I think a lot of folks have heard of it, but how often have you used that app? Maybe it's just moving it to your home screen so it's there as yeah. a reminder. Uh, Upside, that's another gas app that I have played around with a little bit, but I feel like they've kind of gamified it a little bit more where... Uh, different uh, gas stations in your area have, uh, they've got different offers that you can claim. And so when you claim that offer, you fill up there, you take a picture of your receipt and then you earn cash back. And so that's another one worth looking into uh, if you are looking to gamify it a little bit. There you go. And and I think where you fill up, Matt, is key. Like kind of like we talk about shopping at Aldi. Typically, you're going to pay the lowest price on groceries, at least overall for your bill. Well, the same is true when we're talking about the warehouse clubs and filling up on gas there. So if if you're getting it, let's say at cost or Sam's Club, if you're a member there, typically you are going to save something like 20 to 30 cents a gallon. Like that's like what you just described is not abnormal. Yeah. That is actually normal mm-hmm. for warehouse club members. And so that's why there's usually such a long line inside <laughs> of the Costco uh, gas station. But on top of that. Oh, man. What? Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Well, I, I, you're good. I was just going to talk about Costco. Okay, so before like you move on. So you stopped at the Bucky's. Uh, <laughs> I did <laughs> on the way back from the beach. Yes, and I just remembered this because we drove past the m- literal miles of traffic. Please tell me you didn't wait in line. No, 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 we didn't have a line, dude. I'm not even kidding. It was like a grand opening too, by the way. It was like barely. Oh, there was it was like, like just there's flags everywhere and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe the word had there gotten was a out. line to get in, dude. Like not just a line to get in. I thought it was uh, a line to get on the interstate. And I'm, I am not kidding when I said that we passed literally at least two miles of traffic oh. in the right lane. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, all of these folks are trying to get on the interstate. What is going on up here? I guess we timed it well. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Y- y'all left a couple days before we did. We were there on a Saturday. Uh, so there you yeah, go. That'll do it. Um, but literally, I was I was planning to drive past the exit and get on the uh, take the on ramp, take you know, make a U turn a little bit further down and come back the other way. But as we got closer, it was people trying to get into Bucky's. Nobody was getting on the uh, getting on the interstate. I wow. could not believe it. If you've never heard of Bucky's, oh. it's basically like it's quintessential uh, America. It's like a theme park mixed <laughs> with like. A Best Buy and a gas station, yes. like all mashed up. It's like a hundred pumps. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and you can buy Bucky's gear, and there's a wall of beef jerky. It's um, the uh, I Bucky, don't know if it's good or a bad thing, but it exists. Bucky's mascot is a beaver, and so you can get yeah beaver stuff. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. if you're so inclined. So uh, so now you know about Bucky's, which on. tend to be in the southeast. Yeah, uh, I don't. Are they out west or anything like that? I don't that? know. I think they started in Texas, maybe, but they're in Florida, of, Georgia, one South of these Carolina. oddities. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you spot one, it's more of a novelty thing. Um, um, but but don't wait hours. I mean, literally, it, no, it's not it, worth it was it was like the equivalent of a Six Flags line or something like that. <laughs> it's not it, that great. It was insane. It's fine. It's not that great. Well, uh, let's talk about credit cards, Matt, for a second, because they're using the right credit card. Is can there also, a Bucky's credit card? <laughs> um, probably, probably. Although I will say the one good thing about Bucky's, they pay their people really well, and they have good hmm. benefits, four hundred one k stuff like that. Kind of random, but they 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 really take care of their employees, and I think that's a sign of a good business. So I will say. I appreciate Bucky's for that. I like it. But on the credit cards, the right credit card, using the right one can be helpful too, um, and it can save you a decent chunk uh, when you're paying at the pump. And so, you know, the the, the warehouse clubs, where, where you go to fill up matters, but then also the credit card you use. For instance, mm-hmm. at the Costco City credit card, it's, it's a solid choice if you're a Costco member. They offer 4% cash back 
on gas purchases. The Sam's Club one is even better at 5% if you're a member there. But uh, outside of the wholesale clubs, the, the best option for most folks to fill up is to use the City Custom Cash Card, which offers 5% cash back on any one category each month. Uh, max uh, spend uh, 500 bucks in order to get that 5% and, back. And, and gas stations are one of those qualifying categories. That's right. So it is well worth looking at. If, if you can't find a specific gas card or you're not a warehouse club member, the City Custom Cash Card is the best one probably to use. We'll, we'll link to those in the show notes, but yep. literally just a piece of plastic that you choose to use when you're filling up, it provides like a little nice cashback discount. And really right now, Matt, like when you combine all these factors, like every little thing helps going somewhere cheaper, using the right yep. credit card, everything helps to kind of mitigate uh, some of the, the price rises that we're seeing. Yeah. So far we're up to like getting gas at 15% off between <laughs> between uh, like the cashback, you know, using the right app or getting it 30 cents cheaper yeah. per gallon or putting it on a credit card. It all adds up. So the next recommendation we have uh, is going to be for you to bike more and drive less. Come on, preach. You, <laughs> preach, brother. If you've listened uh, to the show for, for any amount of time, you knew that we're going to say this, uh, but a huge percentage of our daily car usage is going to be on trips that are between one and three miles. 48% of all car trips are less than three miles long. That is totally biking distance right there. Uh, so we would recommend for you to dust off your bike if you haven't used it in a couple of years. Pump up those tires. Uh-huh, oil that chain. Uh, but every time you opt to, to use leg power, not only are you getting some exercise, you are saving yourself legit amounts of money. Uh, I mean, not only is it good for like your body from an exercise standpoint, it's good for your your mind, right? From a stress stressful standpoint, it's better for the earth. Uh, it's better for your neighborhood. Uh, the fact that you can ride by your neighbors and like wave to them and talk to them rather than floor it, you know, and like rather than like coal, coal dust and coal roll them or whatever. Exactly. So, biking is definitely something that we are huge fans of and would love to see you incorporate more into your life as well. Yeah, I know anyone who's been listening to How to Money for 200 plus episodes is like, we get it, guys. You like bikes and, <laughs> and you talk about it. You're big fans. Frequently, but it is one of those things that just not enough people do. And when gas prices, at some point, there's a breaking point, right? And when gas prices are at five plus dollars a gallon, if you live in California and you're spending $6.75 a gallon, at some point you have to say, this is ludicrous. And I have to make a change in the way I live in order to combat rising prices in my life. And one of the easiest ways you can kind of take that back is to at least, at least on some of these smaller trips, that make up, like you said, 50% of our car mm-hmm. trips, like uh, hop on the bike instead. And that is, yep. it sounds insignificant, but I promise it's not insignificant. And and yeah. just going to, to Aldi on your bike and loading up a couple grocery bags, you know, in the basket on the front, like it, it's, it, it makes a difference and it contributes to your savings um, that, that you're going to incur. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, another sort of simple tip, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to sound patronizing here, but the way that you drive, like when you do drive, that's going to obviously impact the fuel economy of your car. I said at the beginning here that we're going to kind of start with the easiest and kind of work our way towards like maybe the harder things that you can do. We, we probably should have started with this one first because this is by far the easiest tip. I don't know. Uh, man. It's difficult. It's difficult. For some to people, it is maybe habits, to, you know? to, to not be a lead foot. Uh, but like, you know, like if your car, if it has an eco mode button, like keep it on. If you're prone to accelerating uh, off the line quickly, as soon as the light turns green, cut that out. If you speed, if you like to go 20 miles per hour over on the interstate, that's something slow down because <laughs> all of these little changes can add up to increased fuel economy. It can lead to you spending less money on gas and not just on gas as well, but just think about all of the ripple effects by being uh, by, by driving slower, right? You're going to spend less money on brakes because you're not having to slam on the brakes because you're going too fast and the light turned yellow and you think, okay, if I keep going, I'm going to run a red light. So you have to slam on the brakes, <laughs> yep. right? Uh, if you're not flying around corners, 
your tires are going to last longer, uh, and that's a pretty big expense as well. Not to mention, if you're going too fast, you're you always like you're going to run the risk of getting a speeding ticket. Uh, Those are not cheap. They're they're crazy expensive. Not to mention, if you're going too fast and you aren't able to stop or you're not paying attention, you could end up hitting another vehicle. And the financial impact of getting in a wreck is definitely going to outweigh giving your miles per gallon, uh, giving your fuel economy a little bit of a, a boost. That's right. Let's keep going. Let's let's talk about another one that that is actually pretty easy, even though it's a little bit further down. I think like all of these things are pretty easy. Yeah, they're not so far. Nothing terribly difficult, right? And so something you should consider is wrapping your car. And uh, I mean that like putting an advertisement on your car, right? Yeah. Um, and this one is kind of goofy, <laughs> but <laughs> but I would tell people not to laugh it off because wrapping your car with uh, a legitimate company, which by the way is easier said than done, can provide some income that will directly help offset what you're spending on gas. And Rapify and Carvertize are the only two legitimate companies that I know of in mm-hmm. this space. We'll link to both of them in the show notes. Yeah. But Th- it, this is one though that you can speak to personally. Because I have actually <laughs> wrapped my car and uh, it was a, a Salesforce ad campaign that was on my Nissan Leaf when I owned it. It looked and, quite professional, uh, I will say. Yeah, it looked very, good. very professional. I, I got a lot of questions about it, like hopping out of the grocery store or whatever. People are like, like oh, oh, you work for a Salesforce. I'm like, do you, no, do you like it there? <laughs> I'm just a cheap dude who got his car wrapped. And they're like, oh, gotcha, you're weird. Yeah, what a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I made a few hundred dollars and it's one of those things where I, I didn't even drive that much. But there are a lot of people who could make more depending on their driving patterns. You can make hundreds of dollars a month for turning your car basically into a rolling advertisement. And so it it really could provide some legitimate passive income that would come in handy for lots of folks right now, Matt, turning every mile they drive from a frightening expense into something that's actually kind of generating income. You're turning the tables on uh, on what it costs to fill up gas right now. And so I like it in that way. It's sort of like the car is smart. It's sort of like house hacking, right? Right, It's like it's a a judo move. It's this sort of uh, trick where it's like, oh, this used to cost me money. Now I'm making money turning the tables. I like it. And I know that something like 80% of How to Money listeners are like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not that frugal. <laughs> but I have 20% of the folks out there were like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Incredible. <laughs> or to, at least 20% of the folks maybe who are thinking, all right, let me look into that a little bit more. Yeah. And the reason we're kind of running through all these things, especially now as we kind of get into maybe some of the more difficult ones, is we want you to consider all of these things. Like all factors should be on the table, not just now, because gas prices are at all time highs. But because we want you to save more money, we want you to spend less so that you could invest and save more. Uh, And one of the ways that you can do that as well, Joel, is by working from home as much as possible. Because, you know, like what was normal to avoid spreading the virus back in the day is looking more attractive for other reasons right now, namely lowering your gasoline bill. Uh, And so depending on your job, depending on your commute, exorbitant gas prices could be the perfect reason to ask your boss for more flexibility as returning to the office is gaining steam these days. We've uh, we've previously highlighted the financial and the, the career benefits to returning to the office. And like we still believe that that's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be there every single day of the week. (laughs) You don't need to be there five days a week. Uh, It's going to come down to you striking that balance between trying to save some money by working from home, but also showing up in person to make sure that you are able to advance at work and within your career. Uh, This is sort of one of those instances where where you don't want to go from one extreme to the other, right? Uh, Because if you were to go to the other extreme and say, I'm never going to go into the office again because I don't want to spend any more money on gas. Well, I would say that you're probably being cheap 
not frugal in that instance because you might be foregoing, you might be passing up like a $25,000 raise perhaps. That's right. Yeah. If, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind oftentimes, especially yeah. if you're earlier on in your career. And so you don't want to do that, but uh, higher gas prices might be the perfect reason to ask your boss if you can work from home three days a week, even though they're calling for people to return four or five days a week. Exactly. And so, even I, if you're I think video it's, it's not an excuse. I think it's a legitimate concern. And your boss is oh, actually yeah. going to understand that concern when you ask. Absolutely. Yeah. And you said out of sight, out of mind, you know, just that little two-dimensional representation with your face right. the, <laughs> on, on the screen, it doesn't count as much. You're, like you don't have those soft touches, those, those interactions that you have within an office environment. And so we want folks to keep some of those factors that are more difficult to quantify, we want you to keep those in mind That's right. as well. People want to see your winning smile. And it, it does. <laughs> it translates into more money over time, I think, you know, moving up in your career more quickly. And uh, Matt, let's talk about another thing you can, uh, we would say, reduce your commute. Because you know, if you can't work from home, then attempting to live closer to wherever you work, yeah. we would say that's worth considering. And again, these are going easy to hard. This is a more difficult thing to pull off. It's more of a, a long-term consideration, but this is something that you really can change over time. And I know that we've, we've normalized long commutes in this country, uh, especially in some of the larger metropolitan areas. But that doesn't mean that How to Money listeners have to throw in the towel, admit defeat, and accept the idea that spending one and a half hours or two hours in your car each day and going to and from work, that that is normal. It doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be normal, and we don't want you to accept it like that. Um, you, you can, and you should work to avoid the hell that is commuting for mul- multiple hours every day. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Matt, I don't know if you remember this, but more than four years ago, we recorded an episode. Uh, it was episode 20, and it was called why your commute is killing you. Oh yeah, we would I say, that one. listen to the older How to Money episodes at your own risk. But still, <laughs> that's something we, we felt passionately about that uh, from the get-go. And oh, we yeah. still feel that way, that Absolutely. spending much time on your commute is bad for your finances, it's bad for your personal health, it's bad for the environment, it's bad for everything. And so we want you to uh, shorten your commute, live closer to where you work. And so yeah, reducing your commute is more of uh, a long play, but it's still a really smart one. That's right. One other tip uh, on that front would be to carpool. Because uh, if your commute is set in stone if it's um, immovable could you potentially ride with a coworker and split the driving duties uh, this is going to reduce your gas costs and it's going to reduce the overall stress in your life if unless you, your coworker is really awful and <laughs> like, like a terrible driver <laughs> or, or a terrible person you know also I wanted to mention mass transit that's an, another option as well but you know maybe taking the bus or taking the, the limited rail or subway options that your city might offer that might be something that you have never considered but you might be thinking now you know what it might only take me an extra 15 minutes and that entire time I could be reading or you know pull out the laptop get a little bit of work done or you could continue to just listen to our I was podcast say, listen to my per- <laughs> favorite personal finance podcast that's uh, the perfect thing to do on that bus trip. download the Libby app listen to a good audiobook yeah. but consider that as well but you know gas prices are so dang high right now uh, folks are considering even bigger changes like maybe selling their car opting for m- more of a fuel sipper and the question is is that smart That's something we're going to answer. We'll discuss that right after this break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? 
AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house. Or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we are back from the break. We're still talking about uh, gas prices. Gasoline. They're obviously so hot right now in a bad way, and most of us are, are, are freaking out at least a little bit. And Matt, you, you just talked about carpooling. I did that with a coworker for mm-hmm. quite a while, and I will say it was actually pretty nice. And, you know, it's, it's not the most convenient thing, but sacrificing a little bit of convenience for massive savings, 
was a worth worthy trade-off, I think, in my mind, and hopefully it is in the minds of how to money listeners. And you're doing the back when gas was like a dollar eighty. Yeah. Or two twenty. Yeah. Like like on a expensive expensive year. That's right. It wasn't You would definitely be doing it today. Yeah. Well and I gotta say one other thing about carpooling is there were state incentives to to carpool. And so we actually got paid from the Georgia Clean Air campaign or something like that. Nice. Uh, a little bit to carpool. Like if you can do it a certain number of days in a certain amount of months, they're like, here, here's seventy five bucks or here's a gift card to It at least pays for breakfast once a month. Yeah, uh, where, where you're really like, hey, it's just like an extra minor incentive that like yeah, helps helps you follow through. Yep. I so, all right, well, let, let's talk about maybe like uh, the, the biggest possible change you can make in order to save on gas prices, uh, which uh, it's kind of like the the, nu- the nuclear option when gas prices just like get too high. Well, it, it's like, well, should I get a different car altogether? Should I sell my car and get something that is more fuel efficient? I, man, screw this. I'm getting an EV. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. We, we want you to make the decision not just because fuel prices are sky high in the moment. That's right. But also yeah. because you're looking to slim down your monthly budget regardless and moving forward. And so, yeah, changing cars is smart, but but only if when gas prices resume to some sort of normalcy, you're not going to end up wasting money because of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's crucial to not make an emotional decision and to really think about your overall car usage because, yeah, you might be cringing uh, right now with every single fill-up, but you, you might only be filling up, let's say, once a month because you're not much of a driver. And so if that's the case... Sounds like us. Yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> it's like there's no reason to make any sort of change. So We are not selling our van. Yeah. How? We're keeping ours. And so switching, switching vehicles to save on gas is, for a lot of people, it's actually short-sighted. And it could end up costing you more because gas, of course, isn't the only cost, nor is it even the main cost in owning a car. And it feels like that right now. <laughs> it feels like gas... Gas is is the major burden of owning a car, of owning a vehicle. But really, uh, there are other more important, more dramatic costs involved that we don't feel quite as viscerally, but they're still taking place. That's right. Yeah, the main cost of owning a car is depreciation, uh, but the cost of gas it is so visceral. It's 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 so tangible. Like there there are no other expenses where we are just bombarded with that information uh-huh. when we just drive down the street, whether we're going to the store, whether we're going to work, whether whether we're you know biking or driving to a friend's house. You always see the price of gasoline. And so there's this argument out there that gasoline just gets this unfair attention, the spotlight put on it. And because of that, we tend to be maybe uber sensitive to the price of gasoline uh, when maybe, yeah, like you said, we are putting too much emotional stock. We are weighting the price of gasoline maybe too much in our lives. Yeah, there's no billboard saying uh, that I pass every single day that says, Joel, your car depreciated <laughs> by $36 yesterday <laughs> exactly. and will depreciate by 2500 more this coming year. Exactly. Um, that's not something we see. We don't get an email or something with updates of how little our car is worth now. But Maybe we should. Yeah. Some, some, somebody should start that yeah. project. If you <laughs> got to, to feel that a little more <laughs> that, viscerally, that website. I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, in particular, buying a new car, like that's going to hit you in the wallet immediately when you drive, you know, drive it off the lot. Uh, And we're not completely against you buying a new car, but it's not something that we recommend often. If you have the cash to be able to pay for it, uh, and that car is going to fit into your lifestyle, not just now, but for the next 10 years, like for the next decade, it might be worth considering. But don't let that gas price tail wag the buying a new car dog, (laughs) right? Uh, Swapping your used car for another similarly priced used car that offers better fuel economy uh, or, you know, or that takes you into the, the EV sphere. Uh, that is often going to be a, a better way to go. Yeah, I think people often use, well, gas prices are crazy, and I'm trading in this thing that gets 15 miles to the gallon or something that gets 30 miles to the gallon. It's a no-brainer for me to get into a new car. And that's really uh, just a way to make yourself feel better about making a 
poor decision to buy a much more expensive, nicer car. Exactly. And so that's what we want you to avoid: trading in something that's that works perfectly great and and suits your needs just fine uh, for something that's going to actually cost you more in the long like, run. And that's why I bought this Jaguar. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. that's not why you bought that Jaguar. No, you bought it because you wanted those sweet leather seats <laughs> and the new Bose sound system or whatever. I guess it is. so. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why anybody buys the Jaguar. Yeah, that's a good question. I've never considered it. Well, and and, and like we definitely don't want people, Matt, uh, buying a new car. Most people buying a new car. But more than that, we don't want people buying another car, whether it's new or used, right? If it means adding an additional car uh, into your life, then that's a problem. And that's actually something that's going to cost you more no matter what in the long run. And so, you know, more households, according to statistics, now have three plus cars in the driveway than ever before. Mm -hmm. Something like 22% of households have uh, at least three vehicles. We hate seeing that uh, because, yeah, you've got to ensure the additional ride. That's not cheap either. You've got another car that's depreciating in value. So it's actually, yeah, eating into your overall net worth. Gas, like we said, is not the only expense that you need to think about when you're adding another car into your life. You know, there are other costs that are crucial to consider before you go out there and let's say get a, a used Prius <laughs> to add to your fleet, hoping that it's going to help ease the pain at the pump you're feeling. This is one of th- those things where we would say, actually want you to own fewer cars. And so mm-hmm. uh, if you can go down to being a one car family, that's something we would applaud, you know? And and if you're holding fast at two, um, but you're thinking about three, man, stay strong at two because every single additional vehicle you add into your life, even if it is more economical when it comes to gas usage, it's still going to be worse from an overall dollars and cents standpoint. Actually, so on that note, uh, we're about to be out there in the burbs uh, and we are both one car families. Do you think that, uh, that y'all will be able to maintain the, uh, the one one car family status, right? So our fa- you know, we've been one car a one car family for like 15 years now. You've been uh, one car family for a number of years now, but it'll be very interesting to see if we're able to <laughs> maintain, maintain those bragging rights. I hope so. That's like, my goal, though. Is That's it? my goal. Yeah, nice. for sure. I don't want to buy another vehicle. Yeah, if, I mean, yeah. No, I I don't either. And I can see myself getting like maybe like a road bike because I could see myself having to maybe spend more time on roads where I'm wanting to get from point A to point B faster. Yeah. But under the, you know, using the power of my thighs, uh, not necessarily those fossil fuels. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. And it's one of those things that we've thought about and we've intentionally tried to design where we live and the the institutions that we're a part of, whether it's schools, like preschools, like when it comes to where our office is located, Mm -hmm. all all that mm-hmm. stuff like everything is within uh you know a stone's throw a bike ride where it will be located we're not there yet but i am i'm actually looking forward to kind of i don't know taking folks on a little tour uh announcing oh, the, the new office because yeah. I mean, folks are familiar with where we are recording this episode right now but things will be changing here in the next week yeah so. if, you, if you don't follow us on instagram at how to money pod what are you doing with your life because <laughs> we will do a, a tour soon of our new digs that we're pretty excited about it's um a garage apartment in just a, an adorable little spot so yep uh yeah you, you get to take a look at the the new how to money studio soon well um yeah matt let's let's keep talking about cha- changing up and getting a different car because you know, we, t- we talked about electric vehicles a little, but they're obviously looking way more attractive than they were even just a couple years ago. And <laughs> if somebody is like, oh man, I'm so jealous of my neighbor's Tesla two years ago, they're even more jealous. They're like green with envy now and they want to steal it in the middle of the night because they're so tired of paying ridiculously they're, high gas prices. They're envious now of the Nissan Leaf that their neighbor has. Yeah, like, even that. They're like, <laughs> oh, so hot right now. That looked ugly, but now I'm into it. All of a sudden it's become much more attractive. That's right. And, and Bloomberg actually recently came out with an article and it said, that, that we're actually at peak internal combustion engine output in 2022. From here on out, they've said EVs are going to gain steam at an even more rapid clip. And and I don't know, Matt, that 
that sounds about right to me uh, when you look at the the projections of the bigger car companies of the way Ford has been releasing more electric vehicles. All of the major car players are finally starting to catch up with Tesla, and they're releasing some of the, some of these manufacturers are releasing their first electric vehicles this year, like uh, Toyota and Subaru. And so, uh, at the same time, electric vehicles are making more financial sense as gas prices rise. And so, you and I, we already, especially me, already had like a soft spot for electric vehicles because of the total cost of ownership factor, mm-hmm. because they're basically glorified golf carts with fewer moving parts. The the lack of maintenance and repair costs come combined with the fuel savings, it really means that EVs are going to pay off handsomely for a lot of folks within just a handful of years. So yeah, EVs make a lot of sense for a lot of people. Yeah, they're like golf carts with airbags. That's right. <laughs> uh, the EVs... That can go zero to 60 in sometimes like four seconds. <laughs> like, like three, three seconds. seconds yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, electric vehicles, like they're not they're not easy to get right now. That, like that's the the big problem, uh, and a lot of like like most new EVs are, are still quite expensive. Ford's electric Lightning F one fifty it was priced just right with a base model uh, costing less than forty thousand dollars, which is unreal. Uh, that truck in particular actually would save some folks quite a bit of gas money in the coming years, um, and so it would be a no brainer for some of those folks who need a truck for their job. Uh, but it's sold out everywhere. It's, it's likely going to be sold out for years to come. Yeah. If I was going to get a new car when we moved, Matt, that would have been the one I'd wanted. That's if, the one you're kind of... If it wasn't for the fact that... <laughs> you're thinking it's, about... Because it's like, it's like a, a pretty... It's almost Rivian-esque in, in how cool it is. It's not quite that cool, but it's way, way cheaper. Much more affordable. Yeah, I know you're, you're bummed about that. But uh, one thing worth noting is Chevy, they actually decreased the price of the new uh, Chevy Bolt by like 18%. Uh, sadly, it doesn't qualify for the federal tax credit. But a base model Bolt costs less than twenty seven thousand uh, dollars and that's better than, <laughs> that's better than the price that you're gonna pay for like most other used EV models that's right uh, you're gonna get that that fresh bolt battery at 100 mm-hmm. uh, percent charging capacity when you get that thing yeah so maybe a bolt makes sense for you let's say if you're like really really in on the EV train and it's and specifically Matt if you're a particularly heavy driver because Every additional mile you drive over the average makes you a, a more qualified candidate to switch up to an EV. Yeah. And so, like the the Kia has one called the EV6, which is another electric vehicle worth taking a look at. Have you looked at the pictures of that thing? They look awesome. It looks so sweet. It looks really it looks good. way cooler than a Bolt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I would be more than willing to pay a little bit more money in order to get something that basically goes from looking like a bolt <laughs> to something that looks like like it's very Tesla-esque it's yeah. like a mashup between Tesla and like the um, like the Kia the Telluride like yeah. the SUV or whatever it kind of has like that big back or whatever looks super cool it does it does and well the good thing is you know, th- this this car still does qualify for the, the federal tax yeah. credit and so you can get it in the $33,000 range which is still below the average price for a new car not too shabby and so yeah the, the thing is though there's a lot to consider before you just need jerk buy a new electric vehicle you're like great gas prices are terrible i'm making the plunge sign me you up know? yeah we talked about the trade-offs of ev ownership back in episode 171 we'd encourage you to go take that uh, t- take a listen to that but also just kind of run the numbers uh, and if you're uh, let's say you're driving a car that's worth four or five thousand dollars and it's still in good condition and it's a corolla that gets 30 miles to the gallon you're not doing too bad <laughs> when it comes to the car game. And so um, unless you absolutely need a new car, we wouldn't necessarily encourage you to go in the EV direction uh, to give up 
a, a well-maintained, nicely running mm-hmm. $5,000 car in order to purchase a $33,000 car just to save money on fuel. Yeah. Um, but you know, for a lot of people upgrading to a, a new EV, it makes more sense at least than upgrading to a new internal combustion engine vehicle. Yeah, that's right. And you know, you, you mentioned how buying a new vehicle, how that's kind of the nuclear option, but I think I've got one more that's going <laughs> to... It's going to trump it? That's going to be even more of a nuclear option, uh, and that is moving. Because aside from how close you live to your, your place of employment, the state where you live matters. Because here in Georgia, uh, we are lucky enough to have some of the best prices in the entire country. I think we're literally lasting the, gas prices. Like, yeah, we have the I, best think, I think we are the more, most affordable. Partly because the gas tax is currently that's on right. hold for yeah. the time being. Yeah, our governor has temporarily suspended the, the state gas tax, and so that's led to slightly... Uh, less shock uh, when we fill up. Uh, but we talked about the cost of living back on our episode when we talked about us moving and how it's something you should at least be considering. And granted, you know, hopefully we won't see gasoline prices at all-time highs forever. Uh, but if fuel costs are a large part of your budget, or if you happen you know, to run a business where you are a traveling gasoline salesman uh, <laughs> and gasoline prices pay a large role, then you might consider it uh, a bit more than the average person. We, we don't want you to move solely because of gas prices, of course. But it can be one of the many factors that you are weighing in your mind uh, as you are thinking about a potential move. That's right. If you live in one of those higher cost of living areas and you're like, man... Rent has gone up in a big way, like in an outsized way compared to a lot of other parts of the country. And gas prices are shocking and taxes are repulsive. And there's like, literally, this is just one of a number of things on the, on your list. And you can work from anywhere or you can find another job that pays just as well or is maybe even more interesting in another part of the country, say... Georgia, it's a lovely state to live. Um, then yeah, if you've got a food truck and you're right now out, you're out in California and you're like, hmm, where should I go next? Uh, <laughs> where, where could I go? Could we interest you in the city of Atlanta? Yeah, we would welcome your food truck. And, and so, Matt, I, I appreciate the PSA for folks to come join. Yeah, it's join like us a, here. <laughs> a little uh, public service announcement. Yes. For folks. So I, I think it's definitely worth considering. It's one of those things that, again, it is uh, th- those two things changing the car you drive or moving to a completely different state are harder things to pull off. Um, but they're at least worth having on your list. They're worth considering. And, and, and there are, fortunately, like we've talked about, things that you can do to ease the pain of high gas prices in your life. There are things that you can do now. You have at least some amount of control over the uh, price of gas and how that influences your, your monthly budget. And, and lots of the little things that we talked about can actually add up to meaningful savings. I think each one of those things on its own feels insignificant, but when you put them together, they become powerful. And so making a, a bigger switch or, or uh, to a different car or even upgrading to an electric vehicle, it could make financial sense for some folks. But again, we want you to run the numbers before you make an emotional decision and you know signing yourself up for years of car payments in order to avoid going to the gas station ever in the future. It, it could result in worse overall financial financial pain for you in the long term. That is what we don't want for you. We want you to save on gas, uh, but we, we don't want you to cut your nose off to spite your face uh, because that's just to save a few bucks at the pump. That's right. That's not going to be worth it and will lead to more tears in the end. Absolutely. All right, man, let's end this episode. Well, not fully end it. Let's get to the beer uh, where you and I enjoyed a really big bird. This is a double IPA by Trillium Brewing. And man, this is 
a world-class double IPA. This yeah. is so good. Uh, just a classic New England style IPA. And I will say just the depth of flavor that they were able to just cram into this beer. Like it made me, it, it, it reminded me of meat, right? Because as you're eating meat, it's got that umame, right? It's got this depth of flavor that you can't really put your finger on. It's not sweet. It's not salty. Uh, it's this depth of flavor. It adds like this additional dimension. I feel like that that is exactly what they were able to do with, yeah. with this beer. Uh, evidently, they've got a, a standard, uh, not a standard, it's still a f- fantastic IPA, but that's called Big Bird. And so this is really Big Bird. And so <laughs> they just punched uh, up Big Bird even more. They somehow included even more hot flavor. Uh, but what, yeah, what were your thoughts on this beer? Man, I thought this one was bold and aggressive, but also dialed in. And so mm. it's kind of like... It didn't, uh, didn't feel out of control, did no, it? No, like a restrained use of power, but it's perfectly honed in to being just like a top-notch double IPA. This is... And I expect no less from Trillium. Like, the, these guys really they have been making up. some of the best beers in the country. And, and you know, and that that's in the Northeast, where it seems like most of the best breweries are. <laughs> like, especially when it comes to... The IPAs like this. Oh yeah. This style Easily. like and they are one of the the top producers of killer IPAs. So big thanks to listener Sean for sending oh, this one absolutely. our way. We really appreciate it, man. And always a joy to get to have some Trillium. We will link to some of the different resources we mentioned in our show notes. You can find that up on the website at howtomoney.com. And Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. 
Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.